1: Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers. My name is Jeff Fuller. I've been breeding dogs for over 20 years and it is my passion. We love putting best friends in people's homes and selling them that dream. That dream of riding the truck next to you, running around the field on a hunt, or just being a best friend at your house. If you're looking for a high-quality Labrador Retriever puppy, please check our website out as www.soggyacres.com, or you can call me at 262-215-9683, or email me, sportingdogtv at gmail.com. Remember, whether it's yellow, black, or chocolate, everyone deserves a soggy dog. Here at the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, we are all about the dogs. As our listeners, we want to thank you all for listening. We want to ask you a favor. Please give us a five-star rating. Give us a thumbs up. Share us with your friends. If you can't support us financially, go to Anchor Support and support us there. We are only as strong as our fans and your help that you give us where we are going to spread our love for dogs and dogs in the field. Please share it to your friends and family. Please help us grow. Thank you again so much for listening to us. God bless. Welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Buller, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Kate. Hello. And we wanted to talk about today, the title is going to be, It's a Deposit. And it's going to talk talk about the deposit function for buying a Labrador Retriever puppy, and also the attitude of the deposit by many about society as a whole. And we are then going to talk about keeping up your standards and training. And the last part I guess would kind of bridge on to the first part of the show, which is why I like dogs more than people. So, it's been a rough week. We've we've had a couple of uh, characters we had to deal with, and I wanted to just hit it head on. What people don't realize is that many times, every time, I have a topic for the podcast. It's because something happens in training, in business, or in life where I come in and go, I've got an idea. So this week we had a gentleman that waited for a puppy for quite a while and then decided that it wasn't right for his family because of their reasons that are personal that we're not going to get into. But this was after they had been in the litter, had a take-home date, and had been waiting for this puppy for five weeks. And now right before the litter went home, said, I can't take a puppy. So middle ground on that. Our our deposit policy says that you forfeit your deposit, period. I listen to people. I hear people out. And if it's something they want, or even if they come back at a later date and they've had a deposit that was forfeited, I honor the deposit at that purchase price at that time, because I always feel that's what's fair. I feel it's a middle ground. It's what's fair. But we, every year, get people that demand their deposit returned because they look at the deposit as one-sided.
0: Deposits aren't one-sided. And we introduced this segment as about deposits for Labrador Retrievers. I just wanted to preface it. This goes for a deposit for any breed, any breeder, or any product, really. A deposit is essentially a contractual agreement between buyer and seller that says the seller isn't going to sell this product out from under you to someone else while you wait for it and for the buyer that you will complete the sale, you know, as you originally committed. Um, And like Jeff was saying, we do try to flex with people. If something comes up, we will honor your deposit at a later time. Um, We let people
1: move from litters. We had someone just last week that said they fell down a flight of stairs and had to have shoulder surgery. And they're in a litter and they're like, is there any way I can get out, I I can move to another litter?
0: We do that all the time, that's fine. And we do tell people that up front hey, if when a litter is finally born and we finally get you on there and there with the color and the gender that you want, if the timing then doesn't pan out for you, that's okay. We can move you. This gentleman had already been in this litter the entire time the litter was on the ground. He had confirmed in the affirmative. Everything was good to go. He was very excited. Um, and then something kind of came up and we're like, okay, well, we can honor it at another day or time. Which was and honestly
1: he- what what part of what he asked for. Either can I have my money back or wait until a later date. And yeah, in this case, I'm like, absolutely, we'll wait till a later date. But explaining our normal policy is forfeit, but we'll compromise to this. And then trying to explain to people that we're honest to a fault on our litters. I try to make sure people, one, completely understand that they have to wait and I'm not mother nature. So it could be a longer wait and whatever we provide them is, is an estimate. The other thing is, we actually have it on our deposit form that it's non refundable yeah, and on our, our website, website that it's non refundable, Cle- clearly stated. But I am, I guess, honest to a fault with other people. When I have X amount of deposits in, I tell people, I'm like, hey, we're gonna have five more litters of this color bread in the next 12 months. Right now, two of those litters are full if we have a normal boy-girl breakdown and we would potentially have room in three more litters. Well, when would those litters be? Right now, if I wanted to tell people that I would have puppies by February or March, I would be taking five to 10 deposits a week. But I'm telling people, honestly, you're looking at spring at the earliest towards summer. Can you be more specific? No, I can't because I'm not mother nature. With labs, when you have a dog going to heat, it is four months from that day that the dog goes into season until approximately until a puppy goes home. So until I have a dog bred, I can't tell you an approximate. And quite honestly, we like to even wait until the puppies are on the ground to let clients know just because of the fact of the last thing I want to do is tell someone, I have a puppy in a litter and the litter's not here. Have them tell their family, their friends, and especially their kids, And then break the news to them, no, it didn't happen this time. We have to wait.
0: We also make sure the pups are viable. You know, those first 24 to 48 hours, even when they're born, are critical. Um, If Mother Nature has given us a pup that isn't okay, she usually takes that pup back if it isn't okay within that first one to two days. So once they're born, once we know what we have for colors, once we know what we have for gender, and once we know everybody is healthy, then we can finally sort people out. And we know that sometimes... That timing, you know, when you're committing on a deposit so many months in advance, isn't the best. And that's why we do try to flex with people. This particular individual had, like I said, confirmed that this was good to go. He's super excited. And here, just a few days before Christmas, um, says, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I have this reason, that reason, 50 different personal reasons. And he just wants his money back. He doesn't want to be moved back. He doesn't, you know, he just wants his money back. So now we've told many people who have wanted a Christmas puppy that we don't have a puppy. And now it's kind of like three or four days before Christmas, I have a puppy I have to sell. Um, and that's what a deposit is supposed to basically prevent, whether you're selling jewelry or a custom Lamborghini or whatever it is you're selling or a Chihuahua, you took a deposit to make sure that both buyer and seller come through when the product then is available. Um,
1: and even if you have, like for instance, we normally, our litters generally are are sold before they're born, but that's where we can tell people, hey, we got a confirmed pregnancy. Even if we have other deposits and we slide someone forward, it's not profiteering because we yeah. had 10 people that didn't put a deposit down because the next litter was full. Mm-hmm. If we had that one spot, we would have had it filled and we've lost those clients. That is the purpose of a deposit. But for some reason in our society... Every couple of times a year, we get people that have made the decision that the deposit only protects one side, and it's not. It's a contract for both sides. You are saying, yes, I want a puppy. I am saying I am going to do my damnedest to provide you a puppy, and I'm also going to secure your spot in line. We put people in litters by the date the deposit is received. We, we ensure that no one skips in front of you. That's why we don't put people in specific litters, because If we had a litter, for instance, we had two litters of chocolates. We had all girls and one boy. So all those folks that were in those litters for boys have had to slide back to other litters. So we don't specifically say this is your litter because that wouldn't be fair if that litter didn't produce a puppy of the sex or color that you were looking for. So we just tell people, you are potentially in this litter. If we don't have anything, you will be a higher pick in the next litter after that, depending on how many we have.
0: It's like a rolling enrollment list, so to speak, you know. And we do it in order of deposit, so that somebody who deposited last week doesn't jump frog in front of somebody who deposited six months ago. And you know, like we said, we do try to be fair. Um, if there's something that comes available, we move you up. Um, if you are placed tentatively in a litter, and you know you're like, yeah, gosh, this is really bad timing. We try to move with you. You know, we'll move you back if we can. Um, This person just was demanding their money back, and they were really mean about it. They thought that bullying us by threatening to try to ruin our reputation, bashing us on public forums, things like that, was going to make us give them their deposit back. Which, obviously, that's not the way to do business. That's not the way to conduct yourself. I was telling my husband that when he had a stroke a few years ago, I had signed um, with a personal trainer. And it was a pretty pricey endeavor, and it was for I think it was a six month or a year commitment. And I signed that contract the day, uh, the week that he had a stroke. Obviously, I was going to have no time whatsoever to use this membership—none, zero. You know, I was working full time and trying to keep his business going full time while dealing with his health. Um, I emailed them. I said, "Hey, this is what's happened. I understand. I'm a grown woman. I signed a contract, and I will honor my commitment. Absolutely. You know." However, if you think it'd be possible to either delay it or cancel it, I'd appreciate that consideration. If not, I will make the payments in full as I committed to. And, you know, they, they did work with me on that. But, yeah, it, a deposit protects everybody is kind of the the long and the short of the story.
1: Yeah, and when you're looking at a gym membership as opposed to a finite number of items that you're selling, it's, it's always different. Every company is different. There's a reason that, I, I don't know anyone that's ever sold a car private party. That doesn't take a down payment. There's a reason that when you Houses. put an offer in on a house, you have earnest money. So that it protects because you are protecting the lost revenue for the people that aren't going to then be part of that. And when it the, the, the humorous part is when we get people or you hear of people that are upset and saying someone is profiteering because of the fact that they that they do certain things, my goodness, in the dog world. If you can wrap your head around this, my vet bills for a year with our kennel, $60,000.
0: Just in veterinary. Just
1: in a vet bill. You still have facility. Between vet, facility, food, food, you're looking at well over $100,000 before we sell a puppy. So yes, we are a a larger operation. We're successful. I'm never going to complain about the success that we have. But at the same time, it is a business. It is a contract, and for gosh sakes, it's a deposit, in it's two ways.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the reasons we're still in business is because we do operate professionally like a business. We do have policies and procedures of how we treat our clients, and we do try to treat them fairly and
1: with respect. And even after the gentleman threatened our business and said he was going to make us look like we're heartless and (laughs) this and that and bashed away, I told him, regardless of what you're saying now and your 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 candor, when you call me in three years, I will still honor the deposit because that's how I do business. So that is going to be the end of this part. It's something that it's not just one side. It's not just one person. We have this happen probably three or four times a year, but it's something that I thought, you know what, let's just throw it out there and, and talk about it. Next, we want to talk about once you get your dog back from training, how you need to keep up your standards and then after that, we're not going to have a hunting segment here right before the holidays. We're going to talk about why I like dogs more than people. All that and more coming up after this. For the last 10 years, I've bought all my vehicles ...from the Boucher Automotive Group in Janesville. If you want to get a great Ram truck or a great Ford truck... ...my son actually bought a used Chevy truck from them. They have fair prices. They have a knowledgeable, honest staff. And they really stand behind their products. You can go on their websites... ...frankbouchercrysler.net or gordyboucherford.com... ...and find out the inventory they have. Again, I know everyone's saying that it's so hard to find a vehicle... We've bought three vehicles this year during a time that, quote unquote, you can't find them. They have what you need and they're a great company to work with. Check out Boucher. They ride with you every mile. If you're a serious person about the outdoors, or you love shooting, or you just want a great hobby, or all of the above, you need to check out Mech Outdoors. From their shot shell and metallic reloading to their clay target machines, you will get a quality product that will give you so much more enthusiasm about your participation in the outdoors, and also a great hobby that you can do with the whole family. Check out mechoutdoors.com for more. Welcome back to the show. So, Kate, you're here, and it's interesting because Kate came in midstream with my dog business. We had I had a starter wife. I, I released her from service, and then tricked Kate into coming in. She's a very intelligent person. The only the only real mistake she's ever made in life was marrying me, but now she's stuck. So she came in and she was from a family of small dog people, did not understand training, watched me train, and was perplexed by it at times. But now I get yelled at if my dogs don't behave and I get told, you need to train that dog and get that dog in line. So I thought it would be a good thing to talk about as we have a group of obedience dogs going home in the next couple of days the importance of keeping up standards with dogs once you are through training yourself or have someone else train them.
0: Yeah, so it's always interesting because a lot of times I'll do the check-in for dogs when they come to board with us, and I'll remember a lot of the dogs because we, first of all, bred the dog, you know, it was whelped here, and second, Jeff has often done the training on it. And you can tell immediately who listened to what Jeff had to say um, is part of their sort of um, off-boarding process when we go through the training with them when the dog goes home, and who didn't listen, who didn't listen at all, and who hasn't followed up, and who is not trying. Um, There are times that the client will take the dog out of the vehicle, and it is so out of control all over again. I'll ask them to walk the dog down to the kennel because I really don't feel like getting a shoulder or elbow injury. The animal is just so beside itself, and you can tell they haven't followed up a bit, and that is such a shame because, one, that was your hard-earned money that you basically flush down the toilet and two that animal now you know it could hurt you it could hurt someone in your family it could wreck something it's it's not a good representation of you know the quality that the animal actually is and it's just a shame
1: it, it basically training comes down to with dogs it's always going to be a dominance thing where the dog needs to respect you you can't be at the same level at the dog you can't have all positive. you got to have positive and negative. So you've got a negative that needs to be to the point where the dog thinks in their mind, well, that sucks. I don't want that to happen again. But then you're over the top positive for about 80% of your training. And you need to follow through with this and keep these standards because otherwise what happens is the dogs look great when they're with the trainer, when they're here. And then when they go home, they revert back to, hey, we're all at the same level here, folks.
0: And they're gonna try that like right away because you're their buddy. Jeff's the big mean old trainer, so you know, fine, I'll I'll do what he says. But the minute they get home, they're gonna be like, "So, you know, how's it going? Can I still jump up on people when they come to the door? Can I still counter surf? Can I still run around the house like a crazy idiot?" They're gonna try it with you, and that's immediately when you need to put into work the things that Jeff showed you when you were here.
1: And it's always it's always funny because Kate will come in. If she had to do like this group, she brought this group in because I was gone. She always apologizes to me. Oh my god, they're so terrible. They're, so they're bad. such bad dogs. Oh, I can't believe you have to deal with these uh, guys. These guys.
0: So and nervous. after the
1: first day, I'm like, they all walk on a leash. They're fine, because I had put them through the first day, which is we we use a prong collar. They basically put themselves under pressure, and then they they at that point start learning where they're like, wow. I need to behave or I have a negative consequence. And once they get that in their brain, then from there it's just fine-tuning it to the point where like now where I'm walking with them off lead, down the driveway, at heel, telling them to sit, telling them to hear, and they're listening. But again, I will send those dogs home. I will make sure that the owners understand when to give the negative consequence and also how to give over-the-top positive. So you're making that dog choose and you're basically taking their behavior and you are transforming it into what you want.
0: And like you say, there's no gray area. It's big carrot, big stick. When they do something wrong, yeah, the, the consequence needs to be there. And when they do something good, it is over-the-top praise and love and ear scruffing and yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people go back to the way they were doing it, where they get lost in that gray area again, where it's like, no, bad dog, bad dog. And yeah, the dog's not going to listen. You're either going to you know grab him by the scruff or the snoot or give him a swat on the snoot or whatever it is. Or you're not. He's not going to understand, no, bad dog. They they don't get it. They don't
1: understand dog. English. They no. they understand voice inflection, body language, and negative consequence and positive consequence. So that's that's basically what you need to do is listen to who who's worked with the dog. Or if you've trained your own dog, keep your standards up. Once you get a couple of months into something, it becomes habit. And then the dogs just listen because that's what they've always done. So I, I don't think they always say with people, it's like 28 days. It, it Something becomes habit. I would say with dogs, it's probably more like three months. But once you get them into the point where it is habit that they come every time you call them. And it is habit that they sit when they're told and stay there until they until they're released. They go in the house when they're told. They don't charge the door. They don't jump on people. Once you have that where it's habit and they understand, you're going to have a lot happier dog and a lot happier family. Mm-hmm. So that's it for this part of the show. Next part is... Why I like dogs more than people. All that and more coming up after this. I am going to be the first to admit that sometimes kennels are kind of unsightly in the house. My wife, for years, was telling me how we needed to find something that wasn't just a kennel, but a piece of furniture. She showed me DCT kennels a long time ago, and we finally got with them, and we have partnered with them as a sponsor for Sporting Dog Adventures. DCT kennels is more than a kennel. It's a piece of furniture. It is high-quality, American-made, and something you need as a focal point in your home. For more information, check out dctkennels.com. You will not be disappointed. The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly sponsored by Trepanion, medical insurance for the life of your pet. Trepanion is trusted by over 500,000 owners and breeders, including myself. As a member of Trepanion's breeder support, I give all my buyers a go-home offer so they can try out Trepanion coverage for their new pups. I also love that they are the only pet insurance provider that can pay your vet directly, which means you don't have to wait for reimbursements when you take your dog to a participating veterinarian. To learn more and sign up for Chirpanion's Breeder Support Program, visit chirpanion.com breeder. And be sure to tell them that Sporting Dog Adventures sent you. Welcome back to the show. So, this last part of the show... And we are. this is our last show before Christmas, so everyone Merry Christmas. I hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Christmas and, and holiday season. The last part of the show is titled, Why I Like Dogs More Than People.
0: That's definitely a thing. It's not just you. <laughs>
1: well, it's funny because as we get older, and our kids are older now, so we don't have our different events you go to for school. Um, Cal's a junior in high school, and he's only in one sport, and truth be told, when we go to those events, I always sit away from everybody else because I'm somewhat antisocial. I, I literally, I social distance before it was cool. And the more we get into this, I'm realizing I need more distance. So a day in the life of Jeff and Kate basically is if we do go shopping, we go during the middle of the day. Because yeah, Kate is a teacher at a uh, at a technical college, and and is and is home quite a bit. Where where we we set our own hours, and I I work from home, so we go during the week when no one's shopping, and then at night we just hang out we with the dogs. In. I mean, if the kid if the kids aren't around, it is like last night me yourself, Scarlet and Ace <laughs> chilling in the room. Um, Tank occasionally popped in. It's I just. I, there's nothing more soothing to me after I've had a day that's, that's had some frustration of just having my dog there, especially like Scarlett Memphis. Memphis has a litter right now. She's not in the house. But Scarlet is just a happy-go-lucky asshat <laughs> and just makes me laugh. And sitting there, petting her big, long, luxurious ears and rubbing her belly, it just, I don't know. I don't know how people can't have dogs because they are the ultimate Prozac for me.
0: And we're not alone. I mean, my best friend's the same way. My parents are the same way. A lot of people like to travel. Me, my parents, my best friend, we don't because we actually would rather be home with our dogs. And the few times that we have traveled recreationally, all we do is talk about the dogs and talk about how we can't wait to get home to be with them.
1: Well, and we've got multiple properties. So we've got two different properties with houses. We just added a property so we can do some boating and hunting on it. So. It's not that we just sit in our house. No. I mean, we live on twenty-three acres, so we're outside doing things. It's just we're outside doing stuff, almost in our own world. And I think our, our some of our only human human interaction are our clients, and we have mm-hmm. wonderful clients. We love we the do. heck out of our clients. They're they're great. Um, we we enjoy their company. We enjoy nothing is better than sending home the dream of a dog with somebody and letting them understand why it is so cool to be around dogs.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. That go-home days are just the best. You you pretty much are making somebody's dream come true. And I've had people tell us as much. So those are the happiest days. You're kind of welcoming somebody into the, the Soggy Acres family, into the, to the group of us that are proud pet parents. So, yeah, those are the best days. And you hope that they enjoy and love on their pet as much as we do ours and that they integrate them into their life the same way that we have with ours.
1: But, yeah, having... Dogs. I, I mean, I've got with, with Scarlet especially at night when I lay down, she has a spot. I will, I will basically lay on my side. I'll create a pocket for her, and she comes in and basically curls up in a ball right in that area. And then I put a blanket over her, and now she's actually taken to. She wants the blanket over her head. <laughs> she's so goofy And then she wants me to peek at her and like <laughs> pet her while while we're both under the blanket together, like a little kid
0: don't know any other labs that want to be under a blanket but her but that's the that's the glory of having a dog even if you've had a lab before or even lots of labs before or whatever breed it is you prefer they all have unique personalities and you get to know that about them we've never had one before that wanted to be under a blanket but yeah she's got her goofy things ace has his and we just love and enjoy their company you know they're they're crazy goofy personalities their unconditional love they're never in a bad mood they're just the best to be around
1: unconditional love. I guess that's that that's what's the best is. They don't judge you. They just adore you. And that that is the beauty of dogs and what keeps us in this business. There's always going to be bumps along the road. You're always going to have that client. You're always going to have a catastrophe um on the on the uh, puppy side at some point. You're always going to deal with dogs that have accidents, as we, we had one recently in this last couple of years. Dog's fine, but still, where you worry about them. But ultimately, it's just the, the return makes it so worth it. And the return of having a business where, yes, we do make money, but we don't make as much as near as much as anybody no. thinks. No. But it makes it worth it because we know that we're spreading unconditional love and giving people a dream.
0: Yeah, we do definitely love what we do, and we are very blessed to do what we do.
1: So on that note, everyone have a great Christmas, great holiday season. If you can, please give us a five-star rating, thumbs up, follow us on platforms, share us with your friends. Go to Anchor Support if you could financially support us. We don't make any money doing this. We have a couple of sponsors now that, that, that are great people that we love working with. DCT Kennels, Mac Outdoors, Boucher Automotive companion Pet Insurance. Please check out those people. They're helping make this podcast possible. And you are also making this possible by just listening. So thank you again so much. Have a great holiday season.
0: Sporting dog adventures run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun.